Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Eric St. Amand, who is VP American Supply Chain Optimization at Geodis, and Martin Vreimerin, who is CEO at MP Objects. And today we're going to talk about enabling agility and flexibility in global supply chains. Now, regardless of what industry you're in, it's clear that you know, the rate of pace, is, uh, you know, the, the, the rate of change is accelerating across all industries. You know, customers are, are becoming um, you know, more demanding when it comes to cost and delivery time and, and requirements uh, and reliability. Uh, and at the same time, uh, you know, the competitive, regulatory, and technological landscapes continue to evolve and shift at a rapid pace. Um, so therefore, it's not surprising that you know, agility and flexibility have become critical factors for success in this new environment. But what does that mean exactly? And you know, how do you enable flexibility and uh, agility? And what is the role of logistics service providers and you know, technology companies in helping manufacturers and retailers achieve flexibility and um, agility? Well, those are just some of the questions that we're gonna to address today. And it's great to have you know, both Eric and Martin here today to you know, kind of share their perspectives considering you know, they're in the front lines of this with, with customers from, from various industries around the world. So with that, Eric, Martin, well, welcome to the program. Hey, Adrian. It's great to be here with you and Martin. Yeah, hi, Adrian, and uh, hi, Eric. Uh, good to be in this, uh, in this call, this uh, web meeting, and uh, hot topics, indeed, we face uh, on a day-to-day basis. So happy to discuss uh, over the next minute uh, with you. Great, great. So, Eric, um, you, you know, let's start with you. Um, you know, in your role at Geodis, uh, you know, you have the opportunity to work with uh, you know, a lot of clients, you know, from, from many di different industries. I mean, what are some of the, the key supply chain challenges that they're facing today? And, and are their priorities and objectives different today than they were in, in the past? Well, first off, Adrian, I would just say this. What an exciting time to be in logistics. Not a day goes by where we don't have innovation or disruption. So I don't know if there's been a time in, in, in modern, the modern era where supply chain has played such a major factor. In our in our day-to-day -day lives and that being said I think with those uh, disruptions and, and the innovation uh, our customers have elevated expectations and so do their customers so our customers customers are demanding more they want to know more about their data the big data analytics and and I and I think we've seen that and we did our uh, geodis survey which was a which was a global survey across several several industries and and some of the results aren't so surprising. Um, expectations to deliver on time and damage-free continues to be the case. Uh, customers want cost-competitive solutions. They want agility or flexibility on the, on the final mile. There's no doubt there's been some changes there. But I think the biggest shift that we've seen is that instead of a couple years ago, I think there was a, there was a big focus on, on, on purely cost, right? Reduced uh, uh, cash to cash, um, uh, cash flow concerns. Um, I would say it's uh, cost savings. Now I, I, I see supply chain being more strategic and, and it's more of a value proposition, more of a strategic weapon. So, so I, I would in summary tell you that there's not a lot that's changed. I mean, table stakes are still there on time and full cost competitive, but I think you're seeing a shift to the requirement for that end to end supply chain visibility where, where we can have better data so we can be more predictive and, and we can be more proactive in the supply chain. 
Yeah, not that, that, those are some great points there, uh, you know, Eric. I mean, I think one of the things you, you, you mentioned was, you know, supply chain becoming more, more strategic. That's certainly something that I'm hearing from, from a lot of the companies that I work with and, and, and talk to, where you're right. It's, it's, you know, cost management and cost control is, is always going to be there. It's always important. But I think what we're seeing today is, you know, a lot of companies looking at logistics supply chain as a way to drive top line growth, as a way to capture market share. Uh, and as a way to create a competitive, you know, differentiation and, and, and then trying to figure out, you know, how exactly, you know, to do that, um, you know, certainly is, is one of the big, uh, you know, big changes I've, I've seen. And then you, you brought up some of the things that I think that are, are, are fueling some of this today, things like last mile, you know, customer expectations around, you know, having more time definite and reliable delivery, uh, I think is, is really, you know, challenging a lot of companies in, in terms of how to do that while at the same time, you know, ma manage that cost. So, uh, you know, it's a balancing act. Um, so, so Martin, I mean, moving over to you now, I mean, I'm sure you hear, you know, you know, similar things from, from, the, from your clients too, that you work with. I mean, how are these supply chain challenges and objectives, you know, impacting, you know, technology requirements? And, you know, in other words, you know, what capabilities are becoming more important for companies today to kind of respond to these things? Yeah, right. So uh, I can subscribe to Eric's views and, and maybe on top of that, we definitely see the uh, quickly emerging need of, uh, customer-driven supply chains. Uh, think about all the things happening these days, uh, like uh, like we heard about Amazon and Whole Foods, but also many uh, examples are there in the business-to-business -business market. So, you know, we see a couple of trends, business trends, which translate and also into requirements to the technology platform. It's not technology. Customization, you know. Personalized services uh, need to become basically a standard uh, offering from any perspective, not just in the consumer market, but also in the business market. It's not just about low cost anymore. It's also about let's say, personalized uh, service attributes driving, driving through supply chain management. Then, um, at the same time, we see globalization happening. You know, supply chains get longer. It's a great opportunity if you want to conquer in new regions. At the same time, also others can easily enter into your market space. So, um, a lot of pressure from, from the globalization side, internationalization. Then third, uh, we see uh, more and more networking. So, uh, companies uh, recognize, basically, that they are part of an ecosystem. And they need to work with multiple parties to uh, to get that superior uh, customer performance basically out. And, and finally, you know, technology is there. I call this once in a while like the internetization, um, instant access to data and real-time decision-making, web services. It's all happening these days. It's like a perfect storm. And and yet, yeah, so you somehow need to act on it. And then, you know, we see this happening not just in, in the consumer world, as I told you, but also in the technology sector, in the industrial sector, uh, in the healthcare sector. It's anywhere, and then not just in the e-commerce fulfillment, but also in the more or less like regular distribution channels. We see back in reverse management, spare part operations, even on the supplier side, you know, supplier collaboration, van and managed inventory, uh, looking at the four PLs, control towers, supply chain visibility. Uh, the phenomenon of customer-driven supply chains is, is really happening these days, and uh, that puts a lot of, let's say, different requirements to your technology. Um, when I look at the research uh, issued by Garner, you know, there are uh, significant deficits in, in, in current systems being uh, notified. Like the majority of uh, companies, they uh, consider their systems uh, not flexibly enough, uh, even like hindering to make the steps uh, required, uh, let alone that these systems are, let's say, providing a competitive advantage to stand out and to, to really basically become better and, and win in this global competition play uh, to win also the, uh, the end customer. 
Yeah, no, a lot, lot, lot of great, a lot of great points there, and and I want to you know talk a little bit later about you, you know what does flexibility and agility mean from a from a technology standpoint, but but in many ways you know supply chain today you know from when when I talk to customers, you, you know uh, more and more it's not only about the physical movement of goods and products you know from point A to point B, it's also about that flow of information and having timely, accurate, and complete information. Right, there's more of it today, right? So a lot of companies I think are struggling with trying to make sense of, of all this data, but then even having, you know, then that visibility, right, to, to, to that data. Do, do you see visibility as kind of still being kind of one of those important things, uh, Martin, uh, you know, that customers are looking for from a technology standpoint to help enable that? Yeah, for sure. You know, visibility in a more na narrow sense is like, you know, uh, track and trace and to know the status of the orders, maybe from a business perspective, also to know the inventory and, and the capacity and so on. Uh, that, that's all fine. Uh, at the same time, we see that you know the winners these days go beyond just visibility. I mean, they pick up visibility in a wider sense, which is like taking control over the supply chains, uh, enabled through let's say visibility and access to data. But in the end, it's about uh, let's say not just managing your internal operations, but also at the same time having um, as tight as control over your external parties like uh, suppliers, uh, carriers, uh, customs brokers, sorting centers whoever you want to make use of basically in the end-to-end uh, -end supply chain execution needs to be integrated in, in, a, in a very, let's say, efficient, but also uh, tight way, um, as, as efficiently as you are currently doing probably uh, with the internal operations. You know, that, 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 that's a great point. I mean, I think, um, uh, you know, for a lot of times, companies have been so focused within the four walls and more than ever, you know, to your point, you know, it's becoming critically important for companies to really truly enable the way they communicate and collaborate with, with their external trading partners because they're no, no longer masters of, of their own universe there. Um, you know, Eric, I, I want to I, I go back to you now and, and let's dive a little bit more into, into visibility now. Uh, you know, you, you talked about the uh, Geoda survey uh, that you guys published just, just recently. And, and one of the things I found interesting in, that, in the, the report was that 77% of the firms that you survey have either no supply chain visibility or a restricted view, which I, I found very surprising to be that high of a number. I mean, why are so many companies still, you know, falling short in this area? And, and kind of what are some of the biggest blind spots? Yeah, great question, Adrian. I, I would suggest when we consider end-to-end -end supply chain visibility, we're talking about the suppliers to of the suppliers to the customers of the customers, and even the reverse logistic aspect of it. Right, and if you look at some of the big shippers that we do business with, if you look at how they're organized, they definitely have pockets of brilliance. You know, the upstream or the inbound, you might have solid materials management organizations that have visibility. Outbound, I think, is a, is a place where uh, um, our customers have really focused on, so you have good track and trace, as, as Martin alluded to. But holistically, looking at that entire thing to include reverse logistics, continues to be a gap, and, and part of it, I believe, is because of the, the way certain clients may be organized. That's one, that's one aspect of it. The second piece of it is that these are very complex. 70% of our respondents said that their supply chain is, is very complex, which tells you that it's global, it's fragmented. You, we, we appreciate the fact that there's lots of legacy IT systems that, that, make, that don't talk to each other. That, 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 that gives you a lot of gaps, right? So, so there's probably a lot of reasons for that. And, and I would suggest to you that the, the biggest gaps, again, I would say are the, the biggest opportunities for us because when a client has constraints, it's a, it's a nice opportunity to have a discussion and then we can partner with them. Um, it would be uh, the inbound logistics. I, I would suggest keeping up 
with the pace of final mile logistics where it's almost real-time visibility. And then, and then lastly, reverse logistics. So I would say those are probably the biggest uh, blind spots, but, but also at a macro level, it's, it's really having that holistic end-to-end supply chain view. Yeah, that's, that, that's a great point. I think when you look at the inbound, one of the areas that I see, and I'd be kind of curious, particularly with e-commerce, I mean, I think there's such a growing trend. I mean, it's always been the case, you know, drop, drop shipping. You know, that, that it's been around for a while, but it's growing in, in kind of in its use these days. And I think for a lot of retailers in particular, where they might be funneling orders to their manufacturers or their suppliers to drop, the, you know, drop their shipments directly to consumers, they kind of lose that visibility, right? Uh, because that, the systems may not be connected. Um, and then on the final mile, that's another you know, piece you, you know, there where you know, a lot of the systems and a lot of the, 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 the carriers that do last mile delivery services, they're not as you know, sophisticated, if you will, don't have the capabilities to really provide that visibility back into it. Uh, is that what you see kind of drop shipping at one end and, and on the inbound side and last mile, you know, at the outbound side being kind of two key areas there? Yeah, for, t- definitely. And again, to, to expand a little bit more on the inbound side, I mean, consider networks where you're managing some of the flows yourself. You might have vendor managed inventory. They may be using their own logistics suppliers. So again, fragmented, independent, perhaps optimized uh, limit, limited optimization and, and no integration. So there, you know, th- th- these, these different um, uh, supply chains aren't necessarily talking to each other. So, so absolutely. I think, and, and, and again, the demand and the impatience of a customer to, to have their product there immediately. Right. And that's only going to continue to, to, to uh, elevate the expectations. I mean, you need to know where your inventory is. And again, um, it's, it's all about going back to the ability to be flexible and agile and really, really respond to elevated customer expectations. You need the visibility. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. I think the, the elevated customer expectations, uh, you know, is, is uh, making basically uh, there's less and less margin for error uh, or mistakes, you know, these days because it, it, it doesn't take much to lose a customer or lose their loyalty uh, you know, these days, considering that the, the intense competition that that's out there, um, you know, you know, Martin, let's, let's go over to you now and, um, you know, talk about technology a little bit. I mean, certainly technology can help, you know, in improving supply chain visibility, but, but it's not, you know, a silver bullet solution either. I mean, if you look at some of your, uh, you know, customers who are leading the, you know, the way in this area, I mean, what are some of the, you know, lessons learned or, or leading practices that, that other companies should consider? Yeah, right. You know, um, all those business trends do definitely lead to, uh, to uh, technology gaps. And I think, you know, the most forward-thinking co- companies by now have uh, acknowledged that uh, their current ERP system alone, maybe together with a warehouse managed system or a transportation managed system, is not enough to uh, operate and orchestrate over that network that Eric just was explaining with all the, uh, you know, parties who are involved. So they are considering to uh, also implement or make use of another, that's a digital platform uh, to, uh, first of all, let's say, integrate over the parties and the systems. But then also to collaborate to make sure that those processes can run end-to-end, for example, in those drop shipments, but it could also be in reverse management or be it more traditional inbound, you know. Um, and then once the collaboration is in place and also to optimize, you know, to, to get out more. And I think that's also what, what uh, creates a difference between, let's say, the innovators and, and, and the followers, uh, the ones who really want to innovate and are making the market these days. They embrace complexity because, let's face it, uh, the situation we are uh, currently in is complex. You know, you need to take into account of all the custom order requirements, uh, inventory at your own sites with others, 
uh, transport capabilities, uh, cost levels, uh, at an order per order, uh, on an order per order basis. So that's really complex. And you know, again, the, the, the winners or the ones who make the most progress these days, they face the uh, complexity, embrace the complexity, and see it as an area to, to get out more, basically, you know, to, to go beyond what others do. Um, and, and again, you know, maybe it's too, too simple an example, but Amazon, for example, they really invest a lot in orchestration over multiple parties. Um, and, and that's what we also try to help others with in a step-by-step -step approach. Um, and then, you know, it's not just the visibility, that's a starting point, but in, it's, again, later on, uh, and as soon as possible, also in, let's say, driving uh, the order, whatever it is, return order, distribution order, sourcing order, purchase order, sales order, uh, in the best manner over the parties which have been selected, uh, carrier selection, warehouse selection, dynamic sourcing, um, and of course, transparency to all the stakeholders involved. You know, so do you see, and, and you know, one, one of the things that, that I, I've been talking about now for, for, for a few years is this concept of a, a kind of supply chain operating network, right, which is really goes beyond, you, you know, it, it kind of addresses two things. One is that, e, like you said, ERP is really no longer enough, right, or, or was never enough, right? It was, ERP was very kind of internal, you know, focus, and now really what companies are looking for, I think some of the leading companies that I talk to is that they're recognizing that they need a, a different type of platform that is more supply chain centric in terms of of having the uh, a platform that begins with a connectivity layer in terms of being able to bring together the various trading partners that are involved in the end-to-end -end process and then being able to layer on top of that then the different applications uh to help facilitate and automate you know the business processes and the communication that has to take place you know between uh you know the different parties and and certainly you know the the advancements that we've seen over the past few years with with cloud-based technologies and, and mobile uh, are helping to facilitate that do you see that as well as kind of the you know the, this whole area of digitalization that you talked about that yeah. kind of being driven by cloud and mobile technologies and new, these new emerging technologies exactly so so first of all you know the current landscape needs to be respected like erp systems do definitely serve needs yeah they are a system of record for companies for their customer orders for example so so uh, but they need some help. They need some help from, let's say, a digital platform. Uh, same counts for the warehouse and transport systems. They need, need a bit of help. And what we typically see is that, you know, the distributed order management, the end-to-end -end order management, is to a certain extent taken out of the uh, existing ERP systems. And those uh, custom orders basically are split and broken down into multiple orders to be executed by the multiple parties. So it's like a layer in the middle. But the layer in the middle is not just like an integration layer. I mean, obviously, you need to have interfaces yet to make the system talk to each other. But it's also about an intelligent layer, which basically um, orchestrates, taking into account the requirements of the custom order, but also, you know, cost constraints, inventory availability, uh, transport services, and on a case-by-case -case basis, on an order-per-order -order basis, determines the best flow to market or the best flow from the supplier to your premises for that particular order, at a certain moment in time, in a real-time fashion. Yep, yep. No, I, I, you know, I, I agree. Uh, I think certainly a lot, you know, going on right now in terms of, you know, obviously leveraging the IT infrastructure that you, you already have, but being able to, you know, complement it, you, you know, with with these newer platforms and and uh, you know to be able to, you know, recognize the the the, the fact that you know the, the ability to more effectively communicate and collaborate with external trading partners and, and, and be able to scale that much more quickly is, is becoming much more, you know, much more uh, important. Um, you know, Eric, uh, go, you know, going back to you, I mean, we've been talking about flexibility and, and agility. 
Um, and obviously, a lot of companies work with you know four uh, PLs and logistics service providers, you know partners, you know as part of their end-to-end you know supply chain. I mean, what is the role of a four PL in, in enabling supply chain flexibility and agility? Yeah. So, so Adrian, again, I think, and, and Martin's alluded to it. We talk about this these fragmented complex supply chains. I think one aspect of the value add that a 4PL brings is simplification. So again, you have this uh, this very, very disconnected network and, and the 4PL really allows you with a simple, I would say it's, it's, a, it's one integration, allows, allows for some simplification. Parlay that with transparency where, where the customer still gets visibility to their costs, they get visibility to their flows. I would suggest redundancy. Uh, our network is is made up of some strong leveraged global providers, uh, complemented by some local heroes. And, and add in some redundancy, and that's 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 a pretty clever solution. Um, if you think about our partnerships with with MPO, we collaborate very closely with with technology. That 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 enables the visibility, provides the value. Again, you complement that with um, with a, a, a robust network of uh, logistics providers and then our internal organization is quite strategic as well as as we are in uh, cost competitive control tower locations globally so places like Guadalajara Mexico Shenzhen China and Belgrade Serbia and, and, and that's some of the value and empowerment that we can give to to our customers to allow them to be agile to, to allow them to see and understand the, the, the treasure and the goldmine of data that we sit on to be able to digest that and allow them and empower them to make proactive decisions to, to um, circumvent and potentially predict um, supply chain disruptions. You know, one of the things you just mentioned right there right now is supply chain disruptions. What I've seen a lot of you know, leading companies think about is kind of lo- looking at their 4PL partners as you know, not only as a provider of logistics services, if you will, uh, but also as a supply chain risk management partner, right? Because, um, you know, in many cases, their partner might have, like you said, you know, uh, a, a broader footprint in terms of their assets or in terms of their partnerships or infrastructure that they may have in place. Uh, they may have, you know, more capabilities on the IT side that they're able to bring, you know, internally themselves. So I think those, in my opinion, those that kind of are more sophisticated are really, you know, partnering with their, you know, four PLs from a risk management, you know, standpoint as well. Not only from a, you know, purely we need someone to help us move product from point A to point B. Do you see that as well with with some of your customers? Yeah, there, there, there's no doubt, right? And it, again, we talked about elevated customer expectations. I mean, they demand us to be able to be proactive and responsive. So, so there's no doubt that, that as far as uh, risk contingencies, I mean, we, we have these discussions almost uh, at every quarterly review, at every uh, operational status meetings, we're working through contingencies and redundancies. So there's no question about that. Great, great. So, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Martin, going back to you now, um, you know, it follows that, you know, supply chain software, you know, solutions also have to be, you know, flexible and agile. But, but what does that mean, you know, exactly? I mean, what attributes should, should companies look for when evaluating solutions from a you know flexibility and, and agility standpoint? Right. Yeah. Actually, we'd like to address uh, three aspects: uh, customization, orchestration, and innovation. So, first of all, 
I think, you know, it's not just technology, but it starts with, uh, let's say, a common uh, view uh, at the board or management level, um, also at marketing and sales, that basically customization as such is an important theme, uh, which should be, you know, uh, provided to, to, to customers while um, keeping cost levels low. Yeah. So we see basically the challenge of the companies we serve the best, basically, that they, on the one hand, keep operational excellence high, and at the same time also add to that uh, customer intimacy. In former days, that was considered like an impossible combination. Yeah? But these days, let's say, uh, the company's most successful and also in a client base, that they combine the ambition to be as customer intimate as possible, so as personalized as possible, and still go for lowest cost, which is, let's say, the new economy. Um, based on the philosophy that you should create a, a micro supply chain for each and every custom order, and that you basically should follow it up uh, with your partners uh, on an order per order basis. That basically leads to the, uh, to the requirement to the systems to be able to orchestrate. And again, uh, base information registration can well be kept into existing systems. Detailed operations and warehouses and transport can be in the respective warehouses and transport systems. But you need to have some digital platform to, uh, to orchestrate the uh, outbound, inbound, uh, reverse flows uh, on a dynamic basis, uh, making the best use of your available uh, parties in the network, taking into account, of course, the order requirements, but again, also capacity and um, you know, transport and cost uh, considerations, so that each and every order basically uh, runs the perfect race, uh, not just run by yourself as a company, but also with your partners in the network in that dynamic ecosystem. Finally, you know, for the uh, for the technology platform as such, there should be like an innovation spirit. Should be an acknowledgement that your current platform is good, but not good enough to go to the next, uh, let's say, uh, level. Um, and therefore, yeah, there should be willingness also at the IT side, basically, of the corporations to uh, do some investment in it. Yeah? And these days, you know, it doesn't have to be such a huge investment. It's all, let's say, cloud model. It's more variable costing. But still, uh, it takes the spirit to invest a bit in, in, in the implementation and get it done. When it comes to, let's say, uh, selection, uh, yeah, you better make sure that you can find a digital cloud platform for your supply chain orchestration, which is highly configurable and which can basically uh, not just serve in the e-commerce or distributed order management side, but at the same time could also be used, for example, for reverse logistics or spare parts management, as well as on the inbound side, uh, on, let's say, supplier collaboration and vendor managed inventory, so that over time you can, you know, uh, keep on making use of one platform and expand this over multiple flows gradually, multiple regions. You know, that, that last point you brought up, you know, with, with configurability, um, you know, I think it's, is what I hear a lot from, from a lot of the companies we, we work with, right? Because, you know, the reality is that, you know, they, they, their business process today is what it is today, but we, as we've been talking about, the pace of change continues to accelerate. So new requirements may, may come into their supply chains, and the ability to have the their digital platform or their solution be able to model that or be able to now support a new process over time becomes you know critical. And what I hear is you know the days of having to wait for you know our IT department or the software vendor or external consultant you know to come in and custom code or you know uh, you know make the changes and you know it could take you know six months nine months we, we can't afford to wait six months nine months to make a change or make an adoption. You know, being able to have a, a tool that, um, you know, our platform that we can configure ourselves, that we can enable new functionality, you know, in a matter of, of days, ideally, but, but certainly in a, in a much faster time frame than in the past, is becoming much more 
you know, critical. Is, is that what you're kind of seeing and hearing from, from your yeah, clients as well? If you refer to this, uh, to this situation, we are extremely proud as MPO that we can, you know, help Geodis in, in winning new business and create value for their customers on, on a global scale, basically, with the supply chain optimization services they, they, they provide. And, you know, the good thing is that uh, their team, so the Geodis team themselves, uh, can configure those flows, you know. They, they create new services, basically, on the fly, uh, on request of, of the end customers um, across the globe. Great, great. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of coming up short on time here, so I'm, I'm just going to go right to my, my, my last question here. And it kind of builds on what you just, you know, talked about there, Martin. Um, you know, and, and Eric, I'll have you kind of respond first, and then Martin, you can, you can kind of share your thoughts on this as well. I mean, as a way to wrap up, I mean, it seems that, you know, that moving forward, enhanced collaboration between, you know, shippers, 4PLs, and, and technology companies, you know, we've become more, you know, critical for success in terms of enabling this kind of flexibility and agility, you know, moving forward. So, you know, what actions or steps should companies take to improve this collaboration? Yeah. Uh, Adrian, for me, I think, I think companies need to make an assessment, a maturity assessment of where their supply chain is today. Right? And where they see it going in the future. What does success look like in one, two, or five years down the road? And then I think they need to make a decision specifically on how they are able to be agile and flexible. Do they partner with a software company? Do they somehow do it themselves? Or, or, or do they look to a, a, a 4PL type solution that, that, that will allow them to be successful in the future? So for, for me, I would suggest that, that, that first you need an assessment. You need a strategy. And, and, and then start having some discussions and, 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 and move forward to be uh, successful in, in a very, very volatile, complicated, fragmented uh, environment. So again, know where your core competencies are and then figure out uh, a strategy and a partnership that's going to make you successful long term. Yeah, I think that's, that, that's great advice there. I mean, I think it's... Uh... You know, I think it remi always reminds me of that quote by Yogi Berra, you know, if, if you don't know where you're going, you might not get there, right, type of thing. And, you, you know, so you really have to um, really have to have that game plan or that vision, that strategy put in place. And, and that will then help inform kind of what the right approach would be for, for your specific company and then what, what the right partners, you know, would be to, to enable that. Uh, Martin, your, your thoughts on, on, the, on the question? Yeah, you know, it starts, you know, with strategy and then, you know, design and in the end execution. Um, and and the, first of all, you know, you need to ask yourself the question, uh, are we convinced that we need to change? Let's say, is the Amazon effect in our industry also relevant for us? Yeah. Is our, let's say, agility, or as I call this, custom-centric supply chain, at the level it should be, let's say, uh, at, in the year 2020, yeah? Uh, do we have the orchestration capabilities? Is our platform basically ready to support this? Um, if the answer is no, and, you know, statistics show that, you know, the majority is not yet ready for it, and the winners basically uh, have prepared better than, than, than the ones who are losing uh, uh, terrain these days, uh, then basically you, you should come into action. Yeah? And it all starts with design. Um, then our philosophy is, which uh, has been proven successfully with the customers we do serve, start from the perspective of the custom order. Forget about individual, you know, functional thinking, like, you know, warehousing, transport, production, capacity, cost. No, reason from the angle of the customer order viewpoint. And then... From that point onwards, see where the gaps are. The gaps in terms of, let's say, your agility, your service offerings, options, delivery options, uh, in terms of speed uh, to the market, in terms of efficiency of cost levels, and also in terms of compliance yeah, or, or accepted risk levels. Um, 
then basically determine the flows which you consider to be of highest priority for now, and then enter into the execution mode. With the execution mode, of course, you need to have your, let's say, uh, physical platform available, you need to have your partners, your own sites and premises, but you also need to have your, let's say, orchestration um, partner available. And either then you go to a uh, respected company like uh, Geodis, in their 4PL and orchestration uh, services, um, uh, excelling basically for you to basically help them out. They have proven to be successful for others. Or you might want to go to, to implement a digital platform yourself to help you out. Uh, anyway, uh, you should start with, let's say, practical steps. And what I would like to say is like, if you really want, if you really want to become successful, you should, let's say, deliver uh, in your project on a quarter by quarter basis. Every quarter, there should be a new flow being implemented under the new, let's say, flexible, agile regime, so to say, in a bimodal mode, where you still have like the old systems working the old fashion, but at the same time are building up for uh, the new way of working towards uh, 2020. Great, great, great in input there, and uh, I, I like the, uh, the the comment about you know start with the order. It kind of reminds me of a, a famous. Harvard Business Review article from, from many years ago where it was basically staple yourself to an order. Uh, and it was kind of a way to kind of get a more a thorough understanding of the end-to-end -end process. And, uh, you know, it sounds that, uh, you know, similar you know, process here would be very uh, instructional, you know, for folks to do to kind of help formulate the strategy as, as uh, uh, Eric mentioned here. Well, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we're out of time, but I, like I always say at the end of all our episodes, we always just manage to scratch the surface on on these topics, but I think you both provided some great insights and advice and, and food for thought for uh, you know, our viewers to you know, consider as, as they think about uh, how to best enable flexibility and agility within their supply chain. So uh, again, uh, Eric, Martin, uh, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. Thanks for having you and us here together today. Thank you. Great. Um, you know, uh, if you're watching this episode uh, on demand, either at the MPO uh, website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question for Eric or Martin, uh, you can post a question there, and I'm sure that they'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all for joining us today, and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.